everybody. So we are so excited today. This is something I have been planning for many months. We're doing a very special episode of the Hallmarkies podcast. It is kind of maybe a little bit the anti-Hallmarkies podcast. We're talking about some scary, some horror-themed uh, uh, Christmas movies, just because I have seen something along the lines of 75 Christmas movies, new, in... <laughs> 2018 so far and I needed a break and something fun my friend Sean Chandler and he was up for it and uh, so we are very excited to be talking about something a little more darker than the typical homework stuff but it's a lot of fun and so I'm Rachel and Sean Chandler is here this is so exciting thanks for coming hey. on the podcast no problem. I'm glad you invited me over here to talk about some very different types of movies in particular. Actually picked a couple of good ones because one is a movie I was so excited about getting when I got to see it last year. And we've been talking about it for yeah. literally over a year. Yeah. And then the other one is Gremlins, which I realized I haven't, I probably haven't seen it in 20 years. So rewatching it to do this was kind of like, Oh yeah, Gremlins. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to be talking these movies with you. Yeah. And we really have, cause we've been friends for a couple of years really for quite mm -hmm. a while and you had mentioned going to fantastic fest mm -hmm. last year and uh getting to see this crazy christmas zombie apocalypse musical and i was like oh my gosh i'm so excited i immediately just thought it sounded like the most fun and yeah. uh so yeah and, and and we just kept talking about it and i kept waiting when is it gonna come out when is it gonna come out <laughs> Which every time we had those conversations, I got more and more nervous because, yeah. like, because I saw it at the film festival. I mean, the cast was there. So when right. you're in that, it's like, you're just so excited when you're like, oh, wow, the cast is yeah. in the room with me. I took pictures of them five feet away from me on the red carpet. And so I was like, was I just like tainted by the experience right. of being there? And did I overhype it? I was so nervous. So I totally know that experience because I go to Sundance every year and like for, and this year we had such a good uh turnover i guess i would say of because people are like oh things are better at high altitude uh with sundance um and sometimes the reviews aren't as good as i expect them to be for some mm -hmm. things because yeah you have that experience where the talent yeah. there and uh, you're just kind of in festival mode and and mm -hmm. uh you know i remember thinking i wonder if people will like eighth grade i wonder if people because i thought it was really great and i wonder if people will like uh, wouldn't you be my neighbor? I think it's too maudlin or whatever the ones I saw at Sundance this last year and, and then the year before as well. So far this year, pretty much, I think my favorite movie at Sundance, Leave No Trace, was 100% Rotten Tomatoes. So pretty good track record this year. But I know that mm -hmm. feeling of kind of waiting, waiting yeah. for it to come out. <laughs> and For uh, me, this, this was literally the first um, film festival I ever went to. Yeah. And then this was kind of the first premiere at the first um, film festival I've ever been to. So this was like, for me, there were so many different things about it. It was like, wow, this is a cool experience. And uh, then luckily everyone that I know that had seen it over the last few weeks has affirmed that um, like everybody seems to really love this movie. It's a special little movie that hopefully we can spread the word about and get more people to go yeah. see. That's what I was really hoping because I, I think Anna and the Apocalypse, it has the, the definite potential of becoming a real cult classic but it'd be nice absolutely if it also became a modest yeah. hit i would love that it would be great because <laughs> i think it's so fun uh but yeah we thought we'd be fun to talk about one classic kind of christmasy horror themed um, movie and one 
new new film so that would be fun and so we're we're going to talk about gremlins as our uh first uh first film that we're gonna talk about and uh oh actually uh before we get started on gremlins i wanted to give my quick thoughts on uh the movie santa jaws because this was one we talked about in our preview and i couldn't believe that that actually existed as a movie santa jaws but i finally watched it today are you saying, is this like a shark Santa yeah, movie? It is a shark Santa movie on Sci-Fi Channel. Because <laughs> my it. wife loves bad shark movies. So you are telling me about something that when I get off yeah. this podcast and tell her about it, she's just, her head will explode with Because <laughs> you no know matter- what? It, believe it or not, it was actually really fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, it's it's obviously ridiculous, but it's supposed to be a horror comedy. They know what they're making. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of fun with it. I thought that uh, there was nothing in here because I think these kind of these kind of movies they sink or sail by the uh, by whether you find the characters irritating, like that's because then it's not fun if you're annoyed by the characters. And I, didn't, I wasn't annoyed by any of these characters. It's basically about this kid who hates his family and <laughs> he, he starts, he di- makes this comic strip called Santa Jaws. And uh, one Christmas, all of a sudden, Santa Jaws exists and starts attacking people. And it's really cheesy and really, but it knows it is. And so it's just fun. I thought it was way better than any of the Sharknado movies. I, I, I think, yeah, yeah, definitely watch it and report back. <laughs> the 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 special effects are terrible but that's all part of the appeal part of the fun of it i liked it way better than the meg which i thought was so boring and this was just fun it's hot. it's an hour and 25 minutes and i think <laughs> i thoroughly enjoyed it i was so surprised but i was like yeah this was fun i liked it so yeah and, and i think it's um free uh on on demand at least for comcast i don't know if other things you can watch it so okay check it out check out santa jaws it was surprisingly fun but anyway so we're gonna get into talking about gremlins so it kind of has some of that same sort of appeal of horror comedy which is probably my favorite kind of horror movie because i don't like i don't like anything like demon possessions that's i'm not gonna watch that and i don't really like i'm not big into like slasher movies or movies that i you know like might get murdered or uh, I don't like that but like when they're kind of silly and and not take themselves too seriously then I enjoy it like I like happy death day that was the kind of feel I think of the kind of horror movies that I enjoy Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah for me uh similar I, I probably like more straightforward horror stuff than you do but my favorite would be like the scream movies that have yes. it's about the slasher killing people but it also is self-aware it's making fun of how ridiculous the genre is um and so ones that have a little bit of fun in it um those are certainly the ones that i lean towards not the ones that are self-serious while being ludicrous yeah yeah and occasionally the serious ones that i like like uh like the a quiet place this year i, I enjoyed yeah absolutely really i just don't like ones where i might get murdered <laughs> like i don't like the i don't know where there's like rape or murder i don't go i don't like those but I, I in general i guess there might be some exceptions but uh when there's just some spooky atmosphere some thrillers i enjoy that and so anyway 
Uh, so yeah, uh, Gremlins. Uh, this is directed by Joe Dante and written by Chris Columbus. And you know, when Chris Columbus was at his heyday, he wrote with such whimsy, and which I think uh, I wish that we could get back again. But it might have just been sort of a thing of the '80s that was just kind of that we've really struggled to duplicate. In, I mean, like he did something like Pixels, which should have worked and should have had whimsy, but it just—it was so annoying, so irritating. So I don't know how we can get that back again. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. I didn't um, uh, that he had, until you said that. Even though I have the page right here in front of me that he'd <laughs> written it, um, and that makes so much sense. So as I was rewatching it yesterday. Um, like my wife has never had never seen the movie and her and the kids were off in the kitchen. So I put it on um, just to watch because they're like, we're not going to watch this. And then right. within three minutes into the movie, they were, they moved into the room that I was in to watch it with me. And they were totally tracking on uh, with me for the first 40 minutes of the movie. Um, and it just had that, yeah, that fun family centric dynamics to it. Um, and just kind of a certain heart in the relationships and like normal kind of family struggles. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as the mother turned on a blender, um, my wife was like, no kids, get out of the room. You're going to bed. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can get that. Yeah. It, it does pretty good. I think of balancing that, uh, the, the scary moments with the fun moments. I think maybe it maybe leans into the comedy sometimes a little too much. Uh, some of those, gremlin shenanigans go on a little too long i think but uh but i it overall i think it's a really enjoyable film i i really had a fun time watching it and i think it helps a lot that i like zach galligan as billy i think that he does a good job and he kind of reminds me of um elliot in et a little bit like just this likable ordinary right normal older than older. normal yeah yeah normal kid and there's something about movies from the 80s where like the parents are the worst <laughs> like they're terrible i mean i think like the 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 his parents although his mom is pretty pretty tough she's pretty cool but that, like that kitchen sequence like I, I it's been literally 15 20 years since i watched it i was like wow she is going for it and they are just showing her like stabbing the microwave the blender i mean just all out and i mean this i mean this is one of those movies that where the pg-13 rating came afterwards because of this movie and watching it, i was like like they don't even put this stuff in pg-13 movies anymore like yeah. intense what they showed yeah when they when she what's that gremlin in the uh in the uh microwave that's that's really cool <laughs> but it's so over the top i don't know i i can't imagine like really like the the last movie that really scared me was when i went and saw the gift i don't know if you ever seen the gift oh yeah I, uh, that, the, it was a very well made movie from a couple years ago yeah. from uh, joel edgerton yes very well made movie but i was just it really upset me. I don't know. I yes. just, it was very scary, I thought. And, 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 uh, and unsettling with the, the final twists and reveals on that one. It's like, oh, oh, that, yeah. that, is, that is truly horrific. Right. Oh, oh. And this is just like, oh, it's fun. It's just kind of part of the fun of it. It's, it's sort of silly and fun. And wow. uh, so it starts with Billy's dad getting the mogul from Mr. Uh, Wing 
in Chinatown and it gives them the very strict rules that no bright lights, don't let it get wet, never feed after midnight. Do you think that you and your family could, <laughs> could take care of them <laughs> with those rules? <laughs> One of the things I loved about the rules is that like it's this type like you could never make a movie with these rules now because people are so cynical and they immediately go wait after midnight it's always after midnight what are you talking like like they don't make any sense at all but inside the movie they're so memorable and my kids were like what are the rules again can you remind me of the rules what happens when the rules happen and it's like it's so interesting in this bizarre type of way that you couldn't do now because as an audience we're just so used to nitpicking movies and tearing them apart but you could just do that back then yeah 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 it's true uh yeah i think that yeah maybe that's part of the problem is maybe we over explain the whimsy these days yeah. whereas you know that was just part of the fun of it back then and maybe it's part of sort of the blogging culture a little yeah. bit analyze everything explain the ending kind of thing uh yeah i mean i kind of feel like the, the especially the dad in this is very similar to the parents in time bandits because they're both like just total disasters but um uh and in the parents at home alone that's that's not, i think that was 91 but they were total disasters and it's just, it's just so funny to me there's so many examples but um but anyway the and i, I think the mom in et is kind of a disaster too she's, she's a mess um but how do you think that christmas it being set at christmas helps this movie Huh, that's an interesting question. Um, I think it, 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 it makes for a setting that just inherently is a little bit lighter and you can, um, with how dark some of it could be in the wrong, without having an inherent levity to it, uh, I, I think it just adds a certain balance. There's no, doesn't necessarily like logic to that, um, but there's a, there's a sense in which Christmas just is a lighter time. Um, and if you had it at Halloween, it's like people dressed as yeah. demons while goblins are eating them. That just seems darker where it's like, for some reason, having lights on all the Christmas trees and there's snow everywhere while people are running around and there's chaos in the streets and houses are exploding. For whatever reason, that feels lighter while yeah. still as much violence and chaos. Um, I, I mean, I just think there's something about Christmas that you can get away with things. Yeah, and I think it adds to the humor because it's just this happy, joyous time. And then you have these sort of dark elements and it just kind of makes you laugh when there's that sort of juxtaposition. Right, yeah. And like my, one of my favorite parts in the movie is uh, when the mom is trying to get out of the house after the pods uh, things, and she hears, they start playing, do you hear what I hear? And it's just like, like this yeah. creepy take on this like traditional carol. It, it really works. That's probably a good, yeah, good call on the, just the, the two things being side by side just has this strange thing that just kind of works in an interesting way. Because we were watch, watching through it, like, it just kept breaking out into these Christmas songs and things like that. And you're like, that is interesting, <laughs> an interesting choice for right now. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same t thing too, because Gizmo is so cute. I mean, mm -hmm. how could you not want a Gizmo? Mm -hmm. He's adorable. And yet there's all this dark side, you know, that all these things that keep happening, but then they're so cute. And you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> that's what, it's one of the things watching through it of like, if you stop and think about so many things about this movie, it's 
so much kind of darker than you immediately think because all the gremlins are Gizmo's kids and grandchildren and stuff like that. They're like, that's how they reproduce as a species. And we're like rooting for him to kill all of them off. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I like also how like when they get in the pool and that scene where it just like starts bubbling. Yeah. And that, that's really cool. And I also like the whole ending sequence in the um, department store uh it's it's pretty it it does get pretty uh pretty scary pretty intense but it's it's also funny it's it manages to be both and really like that one thing i wondered about is why do you think that they have they they chose snow white to be in the theater scene what do you think i think it's kind of an interesting choice uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, it's one of those ones that you think, what's like the most innocent movie that just represents childhood innocence? You go back to the original animated film yeah. um, that is so cheesy. It's so the opposite of them. But at the same time, there's a set like you, not parallels, but in that, you know, it's the dwarfs and um, their little creatures. And I, I don't know, maybe there's some sort of parallelism in that, but it's so opposite to what they are and who they are that they would like love it and they would start singing along to it and get into it. Once again, has that juxtaposition, which seems to be throughout the whole movie because you even go to the finale that you just talked about. It goes from Gizmo in the Barbie car driving Oh, that's the boys. cutest scene ever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's where like, as I was watching it and my wife was like, no, the kids can't finish watching this movie. And Sarah was like, yeah, but Chloe has to watch Gizmo driving the Barbie car. But it goes from Gizmo Barbie car to like two minutes later, um, you know, uh, Mohawk is melting in the sun and it's just horrifically gross as he melts and they're they're two minutes apart or whatever and then you know the, all of it has these just contrasts between the gremlins that are killing people and yeah but they love the most innocent of the animated films yeah yeah uh, yeah i can see i can see that yeah they're they do a really good job with that with that juxtaposition and you get to see the 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 gremlins you know hi ho yeah the, like they're singing along with it yeah <laughs> that's where with my wife having never seen it before like she had no like she's like what am i watching right now like the gremlins are singing along just like she's like the whole as soon as things started getting crazy and then they have the violent scene in the kitchen and then it goes full-blown gremlin shenanigans and they're in costumes and they're carrying guns around and my wife is like what is this yeah. yeah the other thing i think that if they were to remake gremlins which i'm shocked has not happened yet yeah um, but if they were I, to remake yeah. it I, I i think the problem that would come into is that they would make it more sort of realistic in feel and i think that actually helps this movie the fact that it's so obviously a soundstage it's so obviously a uh, you know a stock town kind of thing and right. so you, just, you don't feel like oh my gosh uh uh mrs deagle is, is right right not out of her house you know like you you feel uh I don't know. You feel you have that separation, so you can just have fun. Like it, right? Exactly. Like if you made that more realistic, the morality of that is just so horrific that it's like, oh, it's a mean old lady that went, like was mean to a guy about his dog. Therefore, we're rooting for her as gremlins shoot her out of the roof so she can like break her whole all of her bones and freeze to death. And then the police see the gremlins on top of a guy and they drive off. Like there's all these things that if the movie was actually grounded 
and actually felt like we're in a real place would just like really be horrific to watch. But the movie's just so bizarrely over the top. And you have these grounded relationships with parents. And then right afterwards, you've got gremlins in costumes that are fitted perfectly to them, little small guns that fit into their hands and like all these things that they, it makes no sense, but somehow it works. Yeah. There's only one part of sort of the whimsy that I don't think, or the, the combination of horror and whimsy that I don't think works is I don't think that Phoebe Cates and the whole, her dad gets stuck in the chimney. As oh yeah. That. Yeah. I, just, that was... I, don't, I felt like that was, that was too far. Yeah. Well, cause it, oh yeah. It, it, like, it, like we're watching it. And then once again, my wife, she's like, what <laughs> did they, they really just say that? Which yeah. is the plot of the movie is that her dad died because he tried to go down the chimney and broke his neck. <laughs> what? It's crazy. Um, it's just maybe a little bit too far. And in, in something that like has such like a, a grounded, very, you're trying to have this very heartfelt moment about a dad dying on Christmas and you find right. such a weirdly like, like you're a punchline to a joke story, but it's played right. so straight faced. Yeah. That, I, uh, that one was, that was weird. <laughs> it's like, it's one of those things like no one in the room was like, you know, probably shouldn't do this. Like, why don't we just say we went out sledding and my dad broke his neck on Christmas day. Like, why don't yeah. you say something that's not like, my dad's a moron. He thought he could go down the chimney. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you'd have to have the biggest chimney ever or right. like teeny tiny or something. It just doesn't make sense. And it just, it just didn't work. That was the one that for me didn't work. And really the whole bar scene, I'm just, I kind of not a huge fan of like, why is she working at the bar? Like she's a minor, like what is going on? Like, <laughs> I don't know. That whole scene gets a little, it's just a little too long and it gets a little too much for me but i'd say like as the watching it the progression to some of my wife's point is really fast from like normal with a cute animal creature to like full almost spoof mode it's like a 10 minute jump from between kind of these two different things and the transition is kind of horror the most horror aspect of it and then we go from there to the bar sequence the gremlin shenanigans hanging out together in costumes so it, it, it could have been done a better job of s- establishing how spoofy it was going to get or maybe dial back at least some of the like it's fun to joke about like wait where did they get clothes that fit them where did they get guns that that are their hand size but it also changes the tone in a weird way or changes the genre of sorts in a kind of yeah. an odd way yeah i think so yeah, was there anything else that to you didn't really hold up uh, in it? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think the the tone transition and that this one scene, which ties both into also into that tone transition of um, all of that sort of stuff, where it just felt like there's a very big shift in the type of movie you're watching. Uh, about sixty percent of the way through the movie is when it seemed right about that hour mark. It just seemed like there's a bunch of ways where it shifted very quickly. That was probably the biggest thing that stuck out to me. Um, the family stuff at the beginning all worked. The horror aspects with the mom and the end of it worked really well. But so I'd say probably the the weakest aspect of the movie is probably about an hour to about an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I think it just needs to and, be a little bit tighter. And, and Gizmo it- disappeared. Gizmo wasn't very present for about, yeah, like, he's very heavy at the beginning. And then that little window right there, I was thinking, like, Gizmo's not, I remember Gizmo being a bigger part of this movie. And then you get to the last 20 minutes, he's in the car, he j- jumps in on the adventure. He's like, oh, okay, we're back. Everybody's together. Okay, we're good. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I agree. It's a fun a uh, little gateway, I think, movie to people that want to dip their toe into mm-hmm. horror but don't want to be too scared. Right, right. On something just kind of fun. I think it's a good one. Okay, so now we will talk about the, the movie of the hour, the one that's actually in theaters. Uh, we're going to talk about Annie and the Apocalypse. And like you said, you saw this at Fantastic Fest. Uh, this uh, is an indie, indie film. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> it... Uh, it's really cool the backstory of this movie because it's such a random thing but it was originally the brainchild of this man named ryan McHenry, and he did a, a, a like a viral video and called zombie musical that uh that kind of took off and they had this idea to make a full feature film and he started working on it he got in and you know working on it for about a year, two years, but then he ended up getting cancer and sadly passing away. And so I think it became kind of this, uh, according to this article I read in Entertainment Weekly, it became kind of this uh, kind of mission for the team to, uh, to, to make it and make his reality, you know, come, come to be. Uh, because, and you can, I feel like you can feel that because even with all the shenanigans, there's just like an, there's a energy and a, uh, and a just passion that you can feel, I think in this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it isn't always there, even in in Indies, there's just something special. I think about it. Right. Just, yeah, very much a raw creative energy of like, how can we make something that brings all these things we love together? And in a, like in a way that it feels like something that only works if the people making it actually love pop music musicals and love coming of age stories and love zombie movies and love Christmas movies. You have to love all those things and be like, how can we just like, just do that? Bring it all together and do it. And unashamedly, it's all of these things without a wink or anything like that. It's like, no, we're just actually doing these together. Yeah. And so it just ends up feeling like a really joyful, even though you've got all these kills and all this stuff, but it, it, it feels like just joyful creativity. Like if you went into a room and there were like, I don't know, five buckets of paint and you were just given this huge thing and you were like, boom, 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 boom. And like, and maybe other people wouldn't think it's pretty, but like you've had just this creative experience creating it. And that's how it feels watching this to me. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I even like, so I went into this when I hadn't seen a trailer. I didn't really know anything about it. I was just at a film festival. I was like, and in the apocalypse world premiere, I don't know what that is, but I should probably sign up for a world premiere. Okay. I'm going to go to that. And I didn't know anything. And then I'm just standing in the lobby and these people start walking in. It's like, right, maybe that's the crew. And so I filmed them not knowing anything. Like I literally don't even really know what's going on and go into the movie and it kicks off. And even the opening credits are just so inspired. Yeah. And I'm watching this. Like, I don't, 
I'm like, I'm assuming it's this low budget movie, like, uh, and I'd seen some very low budget films at this, uh, uh, at the event. So I was like, all right, a cheap musical for zombies. I, what is this going to be? And I like, I just the opening credits. I, I remember like noting that as soon as I got out, like, I need to remember that these were cool. Like yeah. these were well-designed animated thing that immediately drew me in. It looked slick, very professional, looked better than most blockbusters because it was more creative in the way that they did their, uh, the, just the beginning of the movie. And then it gets going and you hear the first song and you're like, this is just a really catchy song. Yeah. Like this just works. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. Like I have been listening to the soundtrack all ever since, you know, I, ever since it came available and there's two, I think, particularly standout songs, but, um, but I don't know, just, it's just, I just think it's fun. I know that word is so overused, but I just had a great time in this movie. I thought that uh, it, I was never bored. I just thought it was effervescent and joyful and creative and just made me smile watching it. So um, yeah. going back yeah. to something you mentioned earlier uh, about uh, Santa Paws or what was that? Or Santa Jaws. Jaws yeah. Uh, about how the characters make all the difference. Part of what makes this movie so effective is that the first 30 minutes, the first you know third act of the movie, it's a coming of age story. Like right. it's about people, their relationships growing up, uh, a daughter and her dad, the guys at school, different relationships. And the reason that you can connect with it is because you care about the characters, yes. and which is really important as you start moving through the movie and people die, people are put at risk because you care about the characters, all of that works. Yeah. And you can bring these two genres together because they succeed at both of them. Yeah, and I was frankly surprised how many, I'm not going to give it away because I don't want to give spoilers, but I was frankly surprised at how many people that were fairly big characters got zombified. Yep. Mm -hmm. That, I, I mean, there were a couple where I was kind of devastated. Yeah. I, yeah, I was like, I was kind of shocked there wasn't some out or some way that they, I don't know, something that happened and... I was like, oh, wow, they went there. That was surprising. And, and be, like in a lot of ways, you know, I watch a lot of zombie movies and zombie TV shows. And a lot of times they, they function almost like slasher films in that you don't care about too many of the characters. It's just like people dying off. You want to have a bunch of people so a lot of them can die off and become zombies. And in this movie, it was the opposite of that. You cared, like you're watching it like, oh, no, like these people are really in danger. Yeah. And you, because that coming of age part establishes people you care about. If you took zombies out of the movie, it works as a coming of age movie. And then it works better than a lot of other just straightforward zombie movies because of the coming of age aspect. Yeah. yeah. And how do you think that Christmas plays into this? Well, what do you think? Oh, uh, that's a good question on this one. Uh, Cause it like, I think I, I, I immediately think about it as coming of age movie combined with musical combined with zombies. And so on this one, why does the Christmas side really matter? Huh? What's well, your answer? I, Let me think about it. You answer that one. Yeah. Cause I, I, didn't no, about I, I think that it helps just with the musical side of it because people sing at Christmas. And mm -hmm. so it's just natural that people are singing and I, I don't know. It just kind of adds a little bit of a flair. So she has her, uh, she has her, she has her candy cane uh spike whatever that they get yeah. uh and so it just adds a little bit i think level of whimsy to the thing but i think it helps the most musically mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. It adds to the ambiance of the whole thing of um, whether like even the the advertising for it, it's all her with the candy cane Um, and then sequences of her dancing around, you know, very Christmassy type images of green trees with snow all around her. Um, And just even the way that the school set up. Um, So I guess there's there's the ambiance side is probably the one that kind of comes to mind. Um, But that's like thinking about them because it touches on so many genres. I, yeah. Like at times I almost have to just like, oh yeah, this is a Christmas movie. Which yeah, and you have like cool set pieces, like when they're they're in the uh, in the uh, tree tree farm tree area, mm-hmm. and you know these are they don't know when that these zombies are gonna you know come in and out, and that it, it it's fun there. Uh, but what did you think of Ella Hunt as Anna? Do you think she has star star potential? Um, I mean, I thought the whole cast kind of had a. Because I didn't, I didn't know who any of these people were. I guess the the principal, I guess, has done some stuff, but yeah. I didn't immediately recognize him. And everyone else, I'm not aware of them from anything. I thought all of them, you wouldn't have known that. Like, they just all kind of had, like, popped as people that you cared about and were able to sell you as these characters. Um, so, absolutely. I, I mean, I thought all of them uh, uh, stood out. And then her being the lead in the, the film um, – worked very well um whether you're talking about someone that has to sing and dance and I, and so the um like the i was the short i think blonde haired girl yeah 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 uh, she's the she was yeah. the, actually the dance choreographer for the film oh interesting uh, yeah. um and so then like they this because they didn't have a big budget they just kind of showed up and they went we've got one hour to figure out what we can do together and they've been working together and so it has kind of this impromptu vibe of someone actually walking down the street and breaking into dance what would that person do because that's pretty close to how they had to choreograph it because of the the time constraints of not having a big magic mega budget budget yeah and so then everything that you see where she's singing and dancing and doing a great job that's so much of just her coming out yeah yeah, I agree. I thought she was a really well-written character. I thought she was very solid. She she was a like a popular character, and she was enough that she had the interest of this jock guy who we'll talk about. Um, but then she also had this friend who was this nerdy guy, and uh, so I don't know. She, and so she kind of was her own person. She didn't really fit into any sort of high school movie cliche. I didn't think. So she was really good. And I did love uh, Malcolm Cumming as John, her, her nerdy best friend. I thought he did a great job. And he, I think he has the best song in the movie, the Hollywood ending. I think that song is so catchy. And it's such a, a, a entertaining little sequence, (laughs) choreography and everything in there. I think it's really good. And, uh, and also then I think the other best sequence of the movie is the turning my life around when she is walking to school and she doesn't even notice that yep. this uh-huh. is happening all around her. I think that whole sequence is brilliant. And because it's, it's the exact, it's the epitome of what the movie is, which is a musical about a girl singing about her life, um, which is there's that cliche, cliche, cliche moment in every musical that has that one where she's kind of letting her whole life out by be a song. Yeah. And then juxtaposed with the other thing that's the other genre, zombie movie, every zombie movie has that classic sequence where the world is falling apart and you know, our hero's trying to escape the world falling apart and they put the two at the same time. And so it's her singing about her day and her life while everything behind her is destruction, which is just such a wonderful way to do that and to have her, what she's singing so absolutely not represent the world that she now lives in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it just, 
it manages to work at least for me that that she could be kind of that oblivious that sort of in her own head and and because uh, <laughs> she just happens to be walking a little bit faster than everybody else uh, but then when she finally because uh, you do you accept the ra reality of the world that you're in you know in life and so that's why it isn't until she they they meet the the snowman zombie that she finally is like oh my gosh this is a thing <laughs> this is happening <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and the only character that honestly for me didn't work uh, that was a little too grating for me was the principal. I know a lot of people think he was really funny. I don't know. He was a little much for me. I I didn't love him. Uh, so I I thought he was like great the first two thirds. Like I thought he was funny and was kind of this obnoxious. Like he's a little bit pushing the the stereotype of that character. Yeah. For the first two thirds, I, I was like, I was on board. I was tracking with it. I thought he, the actor just nailed like the, this obnoxious principal that thinks he has it all together. Um, without wanting to say too much, I wasn't crazy about where things went. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's really my biggest issue with the film is where yeah, some of that I goes. Know. I was just kind of like, dude, if this was all happening, like really, would you really be like doing that? And, and it's obviously not a realistic movie, but I don't know. He was just too much for me. It wasn't my favorite, but, um, but I did like all the other characters. There's Chris and Lisa, who's uh, <coughs> the, the girl, the pretty girlfriend that's out of his league probably. And, uh, and she's performing in the uh, school pageant or whatever it might be. She sings her song. And I, but I actually, I thought they were really cute. I liked them. They were fun to me. And uh, I liked, I actually ended up liking the, the Nick, the jock character, yep. because I thought he was actually kind of layered and interesting, like yep. in his behavior, especially if you think that he, what he's had to do since the, right. I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but what he's had to do uh, and since the zombie started and sort of his, I don't know, I liked his, I thought he was a good performance and I thought it was actually a pretty interesting character. Well, and it's one of those ones where if you evaluated it just based off of what he was in the first half of the movie, I'd be like, I, I, I might be like, this is the guy that's kind of grading for me. Like, this is a bit much. He's a bit of the stereotype. Of course, you've got the uh, douchebag jock that behaves like yeah. he's got it all together. But as it goes where it's going, as they have reveals and you learn backstories and things like that, it's one of the ones where it actually works. Like it, it lands and, and you reevaluate everything you saw before and you go, okay, all right, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I like what you've done here. You've earned this. This doesn't feel like you cheated it. It doesn't feel like cheap information. You earned this journey that we've gone on to where I actually kind of like this guy. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that they all, for the most part, felt like believable high school students. I, I mean, I'm sure they're all in their 20s in reality, but uh, but I felt that it was pretty decent. Uh, it felt like believable teens. I liked Steph as a character. I thought that uh, she was, you know, you've seen a lot of those kind of stock sort of uh, grumpy lesbian characters in a lot <laughs> of these kind of movies, but I thought she worked. I felt for her and I, uh, I, you know, was excited by the end, uh, kind of her character and what happens. And, and, uh, so yeah, I, I, I thought it worked <laughs> for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, the other songs are more rote, I would say, than those two. Those are the two best songs in my opinion, uh, but I didn't hate, except for me, I didn't really love, I guess the, um, uh, the, 
I didn't love the, the principal song. I forget which one that one was, but, um, but other than that, I, I enjoyed all of the songs. They were all, uh, fine <laughs> to me. Right. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and it was just like we said a million times, but it was just so creative and it was just so different. And if somebody, I think, I think especially people like you and me who go to, you know, 150 plus movies a year, something like that, or watch at least, this is, an, this is the kind of movie that excites us because it's right. just, it, this is what it's about. It's about creating something. It's about experimenting. It's about trying something new. And it's just very, it's very effervescent and joyful and uh so yeah if you're up for taking a little bit of a risk and trying something new it does have as far as the r rating uh it does have obviously very over the top kills uh, with lots of spewing blood and stuff like it's not that's not scary to me because it's just so ridiculous um but you know if you if if that doesn't sound like your thing then that's not your thing um but it does have a fair amount of profanity so and so that's that's mainly why it's rated r uh but um but for i think for teenagers or grown-ups i think it's totally fine <laughs> personally and uh i i think you should go see it give it a shot so yeah i this was um i had this in my top 10 of last year yeah um and i mean to kind of what you just said of uh, just this for me is the pleasant type of surprise i like just kind of entertainment things that are kind of in your face um just fun entertainment that's my type of movie and so when you take a movie that goes for the entertainment value as a musical as a coming of age kind of emotional story about relationships and then also crazy zombie kills all kind of into one there's just so many different types of entertainment and they nailed the tone and that's where this one could have been off if they hadn't gotten the tone right, but they got the tone right. So it all comes together. So it really is just, it's a, such a pleasant surprise. Um, uh, one of those movies that um, you want to go and tell people about. Yeah. Like uh, you like to introduce people to it. Yeah. But, oh, you haven't seen Anna the Apocalypse? Oh, go check it out. What is it? Oh, it's, like, it's like the best high school musical, high school Christmas musical zombie film you've ever seen. What? That, I've never seen any movie like that. Exactly. You've never seen a movie like this before. <laughs> yeah. And it's only 92 minutes. And I mm -hmm. think that helps a lot. I think a lot of this stuff would feel, would start to start to have problems if you're, if you're talking about a two hour plus movie. Uh, it, it helps it a lot that it's 92 minutes, I think. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, let us know if you if you get to see either of these movies or if you have a Christmas uh, darker themed movie that you like, let us know. We'd love to hear on Twitter or in the comments and Krampus. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I actually think it's fun. I enjoy it. It's pretty well acted, but I like it. Uh, and there's a, there's a number of other fun sort of darker themed uh, horror sort of themed Christmas movies. And if you're just getting a little tired of the sticky sweet, uh hallmark fair then try out one of these other ones and just have have a little fun shake things up so uh thanks so much sean this was so much fun i've been yeah. really, literally been planning this for a year so <laughs> so exciting for me and so why don't you tell everybody about your channel and what you do yeah you can find me on the youtubes at uh, sean chandler talks about basically i started my channel because i was driving everybody around me crazy talking about movies and tv shows and comic booky type stuff way too much and so i started a channel 
where I just talked about all the things I was passionate about and where I can talk to other people down in the comment section about all that stuff. So, um, yeah, lots of comic book movies, sci-fi stuff like that. Big blockbusters franchises where I review them, rank them, all that fun stuff. Anything that starts a good conversation, that's, uh, that's what I'm all about. Yeah. Yeah. You have a great channel. I love your channel and how you're able to do these rankings. It blows me away because I find rankings so stressful. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they have a lot of fun over there and definitely I will put a link down in the description. You can check out Sean's channel and uh, have a lot of fun with that. And uh, yeah, make sure you're following uh, my, my channel over Rachel's reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. I'd really appreciate that. And make sure you're following the Hallmarkies podcast. Uh, on all over social media and on iTunes and on YouTube. Uh, we're getting to our final weekend of Hallmark Christmas. It's crazy. It's almost done. Woo! And uh, we're really excited. Uh, we had this week, uh, we had our interview with Ava Grace Cooper, who was a delight and is adorable. And you should check that out. And then I, I was able to recap this weekend's movies on Wednesday with Ashley at Hallmark Lover Blogger. She was amazing and it was so much fun. And so we have five movies coming up this weekend on Hallmark. <laughs> so get ready. Uh, one tonight that's coming that was a bonus they added last minute and, uh, and uh, called Christmas for the Books. And so we will be covering all of that next week with the All the Feels podcaster girls, which should be super fun. We're excited about that. And so have a very Merry Christmas. And thanks again, Sean. This was great. Mm -hmm. and, thanks for uh, having me. Yeah. And so we'll talk again. Well, we should do this again soon. Again, we should do this again another time. This was a lot of fun. Sounds good. So Merry Christmas, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.